We are uh, continuing in our series today. Uh, we've been talking about uh, experiencing a deeper relationship with God, and I think this is the fourth message in the series. Uh, today, um, we're uh, just going to talk about how to connect with God, and so this series has been more of a practical series where we've actually been uh, just trying different things and experimenting with different things and learning different things. And so we're going to start today, as we did the last couple of weeks, with uh, Lecto Divina, and this is uh, Hearing God Through Scripture. And so, uh, again, we'll read this passage four times. Uh, the second time I read through, we'll, we'll ask a question. Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat, on the Lord, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So I'm going to read it again, and this time, um, ask what word or phrase does God highlight for you? What word or phrase seems to just highlight in your spirit? Does God kind of bring, bring your attention to? Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So what word or phrase does God highlight for me? And you can just hold that in your heart. You don't have to say that out loud. What word or phrase does God highlight for you? And this time, the question as we read it is, how is this speaking into your life today? How is this word or phrase speaking into your life today? Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So how does that speak into your life today?
read it one last time, and specifically the question is, is there something God is asking you to do or to become? Is there something that God is asking you to do or to become? Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset about uh, over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Is God asking you to become something or to do something from this text? began the series by um, talking about what I think is one of the most fundamental things in experiencing God in a deeper way, other than, of course, knowing Jesus, and that is to understand the character of God, that God looks like Jesus, because if we have any reluctance in terms of uh, we think God maybe isn't fully loving or we can't come confidently into his presence, um, if we're afraid of him, uh, we will never fully surrender our hearts to him. And so we talked over and over about developing correct mental images about the character of God. That we, the, the movies we play in our, in our head about who God is are really, really important. We talked about this image of, of God in a, presented in Luke chapter 15. Uh, of the father running towards his son. Uh, who His son who had disowned his father, wanted him dead. And his father was so filled with love that he comes running towards his son. Uh, we talk about how the Bible says in, in a few places that we can actually come confidently into the throne room of grace. And that as we come confidently into the throne room of the grace, there is the Father with all his love just running towards us. Um, to understand uh, the character of God, that was our first message. Because, again, if we don't think God is, is loving or we're kind of, you know, iffy about who he is, we will never fully open our hearts to him, and therefore we'll never be fully close to him. Uh, we began to talk about this idea of relationship and how out of this relationship, of course, God speaks, and how we can hear God, and, and how all through the scriptures there are people who are hearing from God. Um, uh, you know, the Lord said is over 300 times, and the word of the Lord came to someone over 100 times, and, and, and God's word, uh, he is speaking to us. Jesus mentioned how we can hear his voice, not you might hear his voice or they heard his voice in the past, but in the present, that we can actually hear the voice of, of God. And so we've been talking about that over the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, and today we're going to talk about how to connect with God, just some practical ways to be more basic today, and then next week we'll go uh, into some other ways of connecting with God. But again, this idea of our connection with God is that our hearts... Uh, we were created to connect deeply with God. Uh, that, that we are created. This is why that all of those fun things in our life, though they may be really fun, they, they never fully, fully satisfy. Even though we have like the perfect job, there's something that just seems to miss 
complete satisfaction. Even though we have the, the most amazing meal and dessert, there's something that is amazing about it, but it's just that doesn't completely satisfy, even though we have beautiful relationships with each other. There's something that doesn't completely satisfy. That is because we were made to connect with God. That the deepest satisfaction of our heart is found in deep connection with him. As, as the psalmist in Psalm 63 says, my soul thirsts for you. Even if we can enjoy all these wonderful things in life, there's something that our soul is just saying, I want a deep connection with God. I'm, I'm thirsting for something greater than, than in, that is in this world. So our Psalm 42, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God, that, that your soul and my soul is hungry for a deep connection with God. And uh, it's a beautiful picture because we know that in God, he, he is full of life. <laughs> and so when we're connected to him, we're, we're connected to the source of life. And that, that brings that satisfaction. It, it begins to satisfy that longing that we have in our heart. And of course, the cool thing about when we connect with God, that we begin to, to tap into the source of life. But in that, we, we find blessing. That as we talk about intentionally connecting with God, that when you intentionally connect with God, there is blessing. Now, one of the values of this church is actually this idea that when you, uh, that, that, that when you intentionally connect with God, that his, his presence transforms you. And Matthew 6 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. In other words, when you connect with God, there is blessing. Or Hebrews 11.6, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Or Isaiah 40, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And so trusting and waiting and seeking and connecting with God brings, brings life. <laughs> he is a source of life into our, into our world. Now, when it comes to connecting with God, um, there are lots of ways to connect with God. And sometimes we, we think that maybe there's only like maybe three or four ways. That the only way I can connect with God is to read the Bible or to pray or to go to church, and that's kind of it. And those are sort of the main ways, and we're going to talk about those basic ways today. But uh, you can get very creative in how you do those things, and there are lots of other ways we can connect with God. Because again... If you only see your relationship with God as a religion, then you will see that there's just a few rules that i got to follow. There's only a few ways that I can connect with him because i got to follow all these formal rules. But when you understand that your relationship with God is a relationship, it opens up the world of ideas and how you can actually connect with God. I mean, we can take a couple of friends. And uh, you can see these two friends getting together, and they have a free Saturday. And they're saying, you know, hey, what do you want to do today? I mean, you can imagine all the different things they could come up with. You know, we could play basketball, we could go on a hike, we could go on a walk, we could, you know, play games, we could go, you know, on YouTube, we could go hang out with some other people. I mean, there's like endless ideas for, for how those two can connect because they're in relationship. And the same with us and God, uh, that you can actually get creative in how you connect with God. There, there are more than just, you know, uh, three ways. There are lots of ways. Uh, we can look at a, at a marriage, and again, the Bible uses language of, you know, bride and groom, or language of, of God being our father, and we are his kids. Again, if you think about a father 
son-daughter relationship or a husband-and-wife relationship, again, if they want to connect, again, there's not just two things on the list. I mean, there's more than just dinner and a movie for a date night. There's lots of ideas. Uh, there's more than just, uh, you know, I don't know, playing a board game for a father, a son, and daughter. There, there are lots of ideas. And so allow this idea of relationship with God to help you in your creativity of how you connect with God. And God understands that we're all wired differently. So some of these things we talk about today and next week, you might think, you know, that's really my thing, and some of you might be, that's not quite my thing, and, and that's okay, because we're all wired differently. And just as some couples might really enjoy doing one thing, another couple might uh, enjoy doing something entirely differently. I mean, some couples maybe really love dinner and movie on date night. Other couples might just, you know, we just want to cook something at home and hang out. They really love doing that because everyone's different. And so there are ways we connect with God that we might connect better this way where someone else might connect better this way. And, and that's okay. So we got to look at some of the sort of traditional ways of connecting with God. The first one, obviously, is scripture. Uh, to connect with God through his, his word. In 2 Timothy 3, it says all scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That the, the word equips us, it helps us relate to us, it is a message of God, and, um, and it's just like, you know, in some ways, um, you know, love notes that we might write in relationship. You know, this is partly a love note from God in many ways, and so we use scripture to connect with him. So just some ideas of how you can connect with God through Scripture. Uh, you might choose to read through the New Testament in a year or maybe through the whole Bible. Uh, usually people would suggest that you go through the New Testament at least a, a few times, if you're a new Christian here or just seeking, uh, before you start in the Old Testament to read through the New Testament, read through the whole Bible. There are lots of cool Bible reading plans that if, you know, some people are like, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. Well, there's plans that help you do that. Uh, there's plans that will help you read the Bible chronologically, because the Bible's not in chronological order, at least the, uh, especially the Old Testament and the New Testament is not. There are Bible reading plans that help you do that. There are Bible reading plans that help you uh, focus on different things. Uh, you may choose to use a study Bible. Uh, some of you are more intellectual, and uh, some study Bibles can help you understand history, background, culture of the text, because, I mean, it was written like 2,000 plus years ago. Completely different history, uh, culture than we are, a completely different background. And so sometimes a study Bible can help you uh, understand God's word in, in unique ways. Uh, you may want to choose to read a book or a chapter over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I've done it where I've taken, you know, a section of scripture or a chapter and I've read it every day for weeks. Because it just allows it to really soak in. And, and you say, God, would you give me revelation into this? And, and you just keep reading it every single day. And it just allows you to come deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and it just allows it to soak into your scripture rather than just, you're not going to read through the whole Bible or read through this one you know, whole book to allow scripture to soak into you. That, that's an idea. Uh, you can read fast. I mean, some people, maybe you want to read the Bible over a year. But you can also read slow. I mean, sometimes when you're reading, you might just get one verse done. And that's it. Because you read one verse and God starts speaking. No pressure to have to read more that day. I mean, if, if God's just using that one verse. So uh, there, there's no rule that you have to read the Bible fast or slow. Again, it's about relationship. You can use techniques like uh, 
what we just did, a Lecto Divina, where you read scripture and ask questions about it. Another way uh, the church historically has done this, and this is sometimes called Ignatian contemplation, is where you actually place yourself into a scripture passage. And you ask yourself, you know, what have I seen, hearing, like your five senses, and how do you, ex um, you know, what do you experience, what is your heart saying to you? In fact, because we're trying to be practical in the series, we're going to take a passage here and place ourselves in, into the scene of this text. So, Maybe you want to close your eyes. You don't have to, but sometimes it might be helpful to close your eyes. And I'm going to read this text, and then I'll just ask some questions. Or maybe you just want to, you know, pl play out the scene in your mind. And make a, just kind of place yourself in, into the scene in your imagination. So the, the day when evening, uh, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And so uh, they just had a busy, busy day. Lots of people. And you can just picture being there with the disciples. You got a special invitation. And you're tired because you've been ministering all day with them. And, and now you get to go down to the boat and you get to go in this boat. And all of a sudden you're all alone. It's just you, the disciples, and Jesus in this boat. And you get you push yourself off into the Sea of Galilee. Uh, what, are you, what are you hearing right now? And you taste the, the, the air, the freshness of the air. What are you seeing in front of you? What's going on in your heart? Do you just feel, <sighs> I finally get to rest. So you're in this boat, and you're heading off after a long day. And somewhere out in the middle of the lake, it says a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And so all of a sudden, you go from peace to you are frightened. And you just want to picture the waves crashing over the boat and, and maybe the panic in your own heart. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And maybe I just look at Jesus and, and just see him sleeping there. Again, what do you see? What do you hear? What is, what is going on in your heart? And then you and the disciples, you, you wake Jesus up and you say to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus gets up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Now what do you hear? What do you see? What are you sensing? What is going on in your heart? What's the reaction on Jesus' face? What's the reaction on, on your own and the disciples' face? And then Jesus says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So as you just allow that scene to soak in in your, in your senses to experience that. Again, you can ask the question, just as we did before, what is, what is God saying to you through this experience? Have you pictured this in your mind? What is God saying to you?
So again, as you read scripture, uh, you can place yourself in a scene. And sometimes it will give you a unique perspective or a unique view or a unique uh, word from God as you place yourself uh, in those scenes. Of course, another way to connect with God is prayer. One of my favorite definitions of prayer is this. Prayer is simply an, an outpouring of your heart to God and then making room in your life to hear back from him. Again, this idea of a conversation. Prayer is how we see heaven invade earth. It's what opens up the floodgates for God to come down and be involved in their everyday circumstance. That, that prayer uh, really makes a difference. This is why we need to be a praying people. As we say here sometimes, that often prayer will make the difference between God's will being done and not being done. That's why Jesus taught us to pray that, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that, that God partners with us through prayer. Uh, your prayers are very, 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 very powerful. And so um, ways to pray. Uh, one way to pray is to actually use the, the model prayer that Jesus gave us. You know, sometimes you're like, I just want to know how to pray better. Well, the disciples actually asked Jesus how to pray, and Jesus actually told them how to pray. And this is the model prayer that Jesus actually gave his disciples. And it goes like this. And he just used this as an outline. And uh, you can use this as an outline to shape your own prayers. I mean, maybe you're someone who's like, you know, I go to pray, and my prayers last about 20 seconds, and I just have nothing else to pray about. I, that's it. Well, you can use a model like this. It gives you a bit of an outline. And so Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. And you can just stop right there and just say, you know, God, I thank you that you're my father. And I thank you that you love me so much and that I'm your child. And you can, you can pray about that, your relationship. And then it says, may your name be kept holy. And you may just want to respond, you know, God, because you love me so much, just help me to honor your name and just to honor it well and represent your name well. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, longing for his kingdom and and praying for his will to be done in your workplace and in your school and in your life. You know, give us today the food we need. We all have needs. We all have things that we want in our life or need in our life. And this is the place where we say, God, I, I need, you know, this person needs your blessing on their health. And God, there's this financial situation in my life. And ask for things that are your needs. And then he says, and forgive us our sins. A time for confession. Now, we know in Jesus that there, there is no condemnation, and, and we're, we're uh, forgiven. Jesus said, it is finished. I mean, we are forgiven in Christ. But again, because we're in a relationship with God, there is a place for confession. Uh, we know that Jesus will forgive us, but there still is a place for confession, just as in a relationship between maybe a husband and wife. You know, if one messes up a little bit and they don't do the dishes... You know, the husband will probably say, you know, my wife will forgive me, but you know, it's probably best for the relationship's sake for the husband to say, you know, sorry, I didn't do the dishes. Will you forgive me? I mean, that's the way relationships work. And so we, we confess our sins. And then Jesus also said, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And so, you know, God, is there someone I need to forgive? Because I love your forgiveness. Is there someone I need to forgive? And so you might just run through your days. There, there was a situation where I need to forgive someone. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. That Jesus actually, in this model prayer that is to shape our daily prayers, actually says that every day we're to be praying against temptation and the, and the evil one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That Jesus acknowledging that 
that evil spirits actually are very much alive and well in our, in our lives and, and want to destroy us. And so this prayer of protection, that we pray for protection for our family and for our church and for our community, that we're praying protection, that we be delivered and rescued from the evil one. So you can take a model prayer like this and, uh, and pray that. Some other ideas for prayer, you can do a prayer walk. Um, this is often how I do my prayer times. I just go on a walk because I pray better. Just Like last week, we talked about how some people hear God better when they're still, and others hear better God better when they're in motion. I'm in more of an emotion, uh, in motion person. Not so emotional. Working on that. But in motion. <laughs> prayer walk. I uh, pray out loud. If you find you get to, your mind wanders a lot, when you're praying out loud, it, it helps you pay attention. Uh, pray with others is a, a beautiful way to pray. Uh, you can place a chair in front of you and speak with God. I do this in my car. I just place, you know, the Father or Jesus in my passenger seat, and I just talk to him. Um, you do this at home. You can sit at your kitchen table and pull up a chair. I mean, the reality is the Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he is always present. But somehow, just when you do this in your imagination, that you just, you, it just helps you connect in, in a way because he's, you just picture him actually sitting there and you speak with him. You can journal your prayers. Uh, I do this sometimes because, again, my mind gets distracted just like that. You know, just not pausing, thinking about lunch and other things, you know. Uh, if you're like that with your mind just all over the place, sometimes journaling your prayers and writing them out uh, can help you stay focused. And so if I want to get serious with my prayer time, uh, often I'll, I'll journal my prayers. You can pray through your day, forward or backwards. You know, sometimes before I get out of bed, I'll just pray through everything that's coming down the pipe that day. And then when you go to bed, when you're sleeping, before you go to bed, just pray backwards over all the things that you did that day. And, and you know, God to, you know, fix the mess that you created in that situation, or God to, to bless that or whatever happened, just to pray forward through your day and pray backwards through your day. You can ask God, uh, God, what do you want me to pray for? I mean, the Bible says that when we pray for anything that's according to his will, that he hears us. So it's a good thing when you pray in line with his will. So this is a great question. God, what do you want me to be praying for? Because when you ask that question, more likely you're going to see an answer. You can pray scripture. Just as we took the model prayer of Jesus and prayed through that, you can take any passage of scripture. In fact, this is probably the best way to read scripture is when you're reading scripture, just read a line and then pray about it. Read a line and say, God, give me revelation and, and talk to him back and forth and hear God through scripture. You might not want to even pray pre-written prayers. There's beautiful prayer books out there that are just filled with all these pre-written prayers. Now, sometimes people are like, pre-written prayers, that's just really lame. You know? uh, or that's a bad thing, don't pray pre-written prayers because it's got to come from your heart. Well, I mean, that's your opinion, that's fine. But to me, a pre-written prayer is not a lot different than a pre-written worship song. Because a worship song is kind of a prayer that we're singing, and, and it's pre-written, and there's a, a time and a place. We sing pre-written worship songs, and there's a time where we maybe take a pause in worship where we get to sing our own song and make it from our heart. And it's the same with prayer. Uh, there are beautiful pre-written prayers that can help with, uh, with your prayer time. And I'll just read one that I got from a website called sacredspace.ie. They've had a various uh, prayers that you can read. Now let's just pray this together. I'll, 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 I'll read it out loud, and you can just kind of pray this along with, in your heart. Uh, Lord, you are always there waiting for me. 
May I never be too busy to find time to spend in your presence. Lord, help me each day to seek your presence more and more. Fill my heart with love for you and help me to be fully alive to your holy presence. Enfold me in your love. Let my heart become one with yours. Lord, grant me the grace to be free from the excesses of this life. Let me not get caught up in the desire for power and wealth. Keep my heart and mind free to love and serve you. Watch over me, Lord. I know that you are always by my side. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there's just these beautiful prayers that you can pray. And so these are would be uh, pre-written prayers. And so just another way to prayer to pray. And uh, and I often find in my own times of connecting with God, it's just my nature. I get bored with things quickly. And so sometimes I'll do something for a connection with God, and I kind of get bored. And then for a few days, I'm like, ah, I don't really want to connect with God because I'm kind of bored. But change it up. Sometimes we just do something different. It makes it fresh and exciting. And so different different ways you can pray. Now, part of prayer is what we talked about the last couple of weeks is, is hearing from God. Uh, we don't just want to talk to God. We also want to hear from God. I mean, do you ever have those people maybe in your workplace or school or in your community where you go up to them and say, hi, how are you doing? And they just start talking and they talk for a whole hour and they never ask you how you're doing or they don't, you, they just go on talking, 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 talking. They just never stop. Sometimes we're like it with God. You know, God, here's all the things I need. And we just never take a pause and say, God, do you have anything to say to me? It's important that we develop this, 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 this skill, as we talked about last week, in, in being able to hear God's voice. As Romans 8 says, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he himself bears witness to our spirit. As God speaks into our spirit. And we talked a little bit about how to hear God last week. And, and here are some of the things, just as a review from last week. Uh, these are just some of my tips. There's lots of other tips out there that may be more helpful for you, but these are the ones that help me at least. First of all, to place value on your relationship with God to be intentional. That the closer you are to someone, the more easily you recognize their voice. Just as if everyone, if we all started talking out loud, I mean, the one voice in this room I'd be able to pick out more than anybody else's voice would be probably my wife's voice, because I know her the best. And if all the voices of my own voices and Satan's voice and other people's voices that we hear all the time, the closer we are to God, the more we're able to recognize his voice. And so you can't get around this. If you want to hear God, you need to be close to him so you get to recognize his voice. We talked about how often God speaks in this quiet, gentle manner. Sometimes he speaks in the loud noise, but most often you have to get quiet and intentional about his presence to hear his voice. We talked about how God's voice often sounds a bit like our own voice and thoughts. Just how in Matthew, when Jesus asked, you know, who do people say that I am? And, uh, and Peter says, well, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, well, you didn't come up with that yourself. God the Father revealed that to you. Uh, Peter thought it was his own voice. And that was just me speaking. And, God, and Jesus says, no, that was actually God speaking to you. And because sometimes we don't realize that when God speaks to us, his spirit speaks to our spirit. And then when it's our spirit, it kind of has to go through our own head and our mind, and it kind of comes out in our own words. And so sometimes his voice sounds a little bit like our own voice, like it did for Peter. And again, the closer you get to God, the more you begin to recognize 
your thoughts from God's thoughts, even though they will be shaped by your own, or your own vocabulary and who, and who you are. God's voice will always line up with God's character. If you hear shame from God, that's not from God. If you hear guilt from God, that's not from God. You might have conviction, but, but you're not going to get guilt because Jesus took those away on the cross. God will never put something on you that he's taken away on the cross. And so the more you understand his character, again, it helps you discern his voice. And lastly, we talked about how God's voice is not as much about direction as it is about relationship. But sometimes we get stuck in this thing that, God, tell me what to do. You know, I'm in a mess. Should I go left or right or just give me direction? And God does give us direction. He does give us wisdom. But most of the time, he's going to speak words of relationship to you. Because that's what he's most concerned about. And so to not reject words of relationship, not to reject words of love when he, when he showers them on your heart. And so last week we did a little journal exercise and just as a review, because if you're like me, I have to do things over and over and again before I start to get them. So again, there should be journals in front of you if you want to pull them out. Uh, some of you might have a piece of paper underneath your chair. And we're just going to do a, uh, just a journaling exercise, as we did last week. If you don't have one, you might have to look around. But this is one of the easy ways um, to, to hear God's voice. If you're just starting in, how do I hear God's voice? Uh, this is one of the easy ways. And what for journaling, you just write down your initial, mine is J, but yours would be an M or an I or a Z or whatever it is. Uh, you just begin with a question. And then the usual I'll do is write down a G and then and just be quiet. And, and whatever starts flowing in my spirit, I just begin to write it down. I don't try to discern it right away, whatever, just words start forming. Just write it all down and then you can kind of discern it afterwards. And then you can ask another question. So again, we're going to ask this question. You can just write this down. Um, you can write down your initial. And just say, God, uh, what words of encouragement do you have for me today? What words of encouragement do you have for me today? And just the first words that begin to flow from your, from your spirit, just begin to write them down. Just begin to allow them to flow onto the page. God, what words of encouragement do you have for me today? Again, you don't want to force words out. You don't want to have pressure on you. Um, and if this is not coming yet for you, just keep practicing this. It sometimes takes a little bit uh, to learn how to do this. But um, as uh, anybody, we take a couple minutes to share. Does anybody want to share anything they heard? Yeah. Stand up. No, you don't have to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Jay, look right, float my love around you, and uh, just never disbelieve. 
That's awesome, Jake. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Craig. So um, the words came earlier um, this morning when um, two sisters, um, one was like, feeling, man, I'm doing all the work here. What's up with that? And um, she said, uh, my sister's just sitting there. And then there was this other uh, phrase in that that said, all these details. So for me, and I know we all, we all have a lot of details in our lives. And for me, I have a lot of details in my life. And it's, the revelation was, let's get the details. Just sit here. Mm -hmm. just, just, just sit. Yeah. So that was really helpful. Yeah, thank you, Craig. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to keep going because it's 1130. Um, another way to pray is to uh, this thing called praying in tongues. And um, uh, the word, it just means to speak, worship, or pray in a language unknown to the speaker. Uh, that's what it means. Um, you know, to, to, to pray in tongues. Uh, there are different views on this, obviously, in Christianity. I mean, as we talked about in Hearing God, there's different views. Some people would say that this idea of praying in tongues or in a language that is unknown to the speaker which in Acts 2 can be a real earthly language, or in Acts 14 can be an unknown spiritual language, and that's the one we're talking about here today. Uh, there were some, some Christians today would say this is not to be used in the church anymore, that this is past. Um, again, as we talked about in hearing God, there are some people who would say that the gifts of prophecy or healing or gifts of tongues are not no longer active in the church today, so they would say that Christians shouldn't do that. But on the other hand, there are millions and millions of Christians across this globe who every day feel impacted and built up by praying in tongues. And it can be a very powerful thing. And so we can't not talk about this. Um, if you wonder what praying in tongues is, it just kind of sounds like mumbo jumbo. I think I did actually have a video clip, but I forgot to put it in, just as an example. So, it's all good. <laughs> Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, talking about praying in tongues, says this. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. And so when you pray in tongues, it's something that it's your spirit is actually praying, not, not your mind. It's your spirit that's praying. It says, when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And uh, a lot of times when people pray in tongues, people are like, oh, that kind of sounds really weird. Or when people try to pray in tongues, they go, that just makes no sense. It's just, just mumbo-jumbo. It's because your mind is trying to figure out something that your mind is not supposed to be able to figure out. Your mind is unfruitful. It, it's a spirit language that flows from your spirit. Just like often when we're hearing God, it flows into our spirit, and then it comes out of our mind kind of into words. When you pray in tongues, it's just spirit to spirit, the, the spiritual language. So your mind is unfruitful. So he says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit. But I also pray with my mind. And so they're different things. So when we pray with real words, just pray with your mind because you understand it. It makes sense. But when you pray in tongues, it's something that your mind doesn't understand or it doesn't interpret. It's like, this is weird. It doesn't make sense. But I will, uh, but I will also pray with my mind. I also sing praise with my spirit. But I also sing with my mind also. And so you can pray in tongues. You can sing in tongues. You can pray with real words or you can sing with real words. And so this is, this is praying in the spirit. And what it is, um, and this is just my view. Again, there's lots of views on this because it's very mysterious. So um, 
My view may not be right, but I think it's right, and so that's what I'm talking about. It, it's when you allow your spirit to, to just flow out, and it just comes out as weird words. And my view is not as mysterious as some. Uh, some would say that only certain people have the gift of tongues, and if you don't have the gift of tongues, then you can't speak in tongues. I personally believe that every single Christian can. And the reason is, is because it's the same with all the gifts. I mean, not everybody has the gift of encouragement, but all can encourage me. Courage. Not everyone has the gift of teaching, but we can all teach. Just maybe we're not the best at it. You know, you all, not all have the gift of leadership, but we all can lead in certain ways. Not all have the gift of healing, but God can use anyone to heal people. Not all have the gift of tongues, but, but that doesn't mean we can't all utilize it. We can, but there are some people who are gifted who are just, they just do it a lot, and they're really good at it. But my view is that we all can. And I, my view is not as mysterious as some. My view, and this is the closest way I can relate it to, uh, but obviously more spiritual and more mystical than this, but uh, it's kind of like this. Do you uh, ever heard, like, jazz music? And you're going grooving to jazz music. You know, jazz singer. Do you know when a jazz singer does a solo? They don't use words. They're like, do that, boop, bop, or whatever they do, you know? They're just kind of just mumbo-jumbo, doos and bops and beeps. Because and, what they're doing is they're like, they're just grooving to the music, and their soul is connected to the music, and it kind of flows from their soul. Just do that, do, just flow it. That's kind of how I view tongues. Your spirit is connecting with God's spirit, just flowing, and all of a sudden it just kind of flows, and it kind of doesn't even make sense, but just flowing these, these, these words that don't make sense, but it's just spirit to spirit that bypasses your mind because your mind is unfruitful. And so there are times when, and we know this in life, when something so amazing happens that we don't have words for it. You might be like, whoa! That's, that's kind of like tongues, but you can just keep going. Like, whoa, you know, whatever, however it works for you. Um, oh, or something that's super tragic happens, you don't have any words. This is where tongues can come into play. It's just allowing your spirit to flow out, and just kind of your words sound funny, but it's just you're bypassing your mind, and... Uh, can be very helpful. Um, I personally use tongues actually quite quite often um, because sometimes I'm just so mentally tired because um, I do a lot of thinking throughout the day that when I go on a prayer walk, I'll just I'll just pray in tongues for ten or fifteen minutes, just my spirit praying, and because my mind is too tired to think about who to pray for and all these things, you can use it when your mind is tired. Uh, you can use it when you don't know what to pray for. Uh, because the Romans 8 talks about how his spirit can intercede to our spirit. And so this may be something you want to play with. Uh, try out. Uh, it's just to connect with God. It's just it's allowing your spirit, just like a jazz singer grooving to the music, you can allow your soul to groove to the spirit in your life. And the reason I say this is because um, this can help in your relationship with God. I mean, Paul said this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. And he was telling this to a church that seemed to speak in tongues a lot. But he says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. Or Jude chapter 1, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. There's something that when you pray in tongues that the Spirit just builds up your soul, it builds up your heart. And this is why millions and millions of Christians across this globe find tongues very useful and strengthening in their connection with God. Now again, it's just one opinion on it. There's other opinions out there. You may want to research them. But for me and others, um, this is something that, that helps in, in your relationship with God. And lastly, we'll do this one really quick. 
and this is just worship through singing. It's another way to connect with God. And we have talked about this lots, but um, uh, it's one of the, uh, another traditional way that we use to connect with God. Uh, worship is really important. Not as important as our culture. We had one youth who came to, came to our, our Bible camp, and he's like, what's with you Christians? You're just like a bunch of dwarves, singing dwarves, because you just sing all the time. And, I mean, <laughs> if you're not part of the church, it's kind of weird. <laughs> what we do here in half an hour, we just all sing together. It's kind of weird in our culture. Uh, but, it, but it's just part of our tradition. And, uh, and, and some of the most intimate moments and most emotional moments in our life are, is to music. And when you couple good music with, with, with your spirituality, it can be very moving. And it's why the Bible talks about, you know, the idea of prayer, praying, prayed, you know, all the pray things. Only about 400 times in the Bible, but music is actually found more often than prayer. It's, it's an important part of our tradition. And so this is why we spend time in music. Now, again, there will be some of us who connect better with the music than others. And you know, that's okay. We're not all wired the same. Um, and, and, but you can get creative. And we'll just finish with a couple points here. Some ways to make worship more meaningful and connectional. We've talked about all this before if you've been a part of our church. But one thing that helps worship more meaningful is to know that whenever you spend intentional time in God's presence, it transforms you. And so whenever we have worship, we have a choice. I can be intentional about this time. Or it can be unintentional. If I'm intentional about it, God's going to do something. If I'm unintentional, God might not do much. He, he may still do something. But this doesn't mean that you, you have to sing. Sometimes it's okay just to pause and be quiet and listen to the voices. I did that this morning. during. The, I exalt you. I just stopped and just I just listened to everyone singing around me and just took in what the Spirit was doing, and that's okay. Sometimes maybe you just need to sit down and pull out a journal and just journal or read your Bible, but, but to take that time and be intentional about it. There's no peer pressure that says you have to stand and sing. I mean, this is a time to, to spend with God, to realize your spirit wants to worship. Because we all know what it's like to come to church and realize, I just don't feel like worshiping. But you know that's your flesh. Your spirit, no matter what you are going through, wants to worship. It always wants to honor God. Now, it may look differently for that day. Maybe you had a hard week and you, just, again, want to sit and journal and, and listen to God's voice, whatever it looks like, but your spirit wants to stay uh, worship. Stay focused on God. There are some times we start on the wrong key up here or the drummer drops his drumstick, you know, <laughs> uh, you know and you can lose your focus. Uh, just stay connected on God, even when things are going funny around you. Uh, let your heart lead. Again, you know, God, how do you want me to worship today? Raise your hands or sit down or kneel. Sometimes we have people come up here or do different things. Let your heart lead. Use your imagination. I'm a big pusher of this. Close your eyes. Picture what you're singing. Uh, engage with the lyrics. Uh, sometimes I'm uh, singing through a song. You know, I say, that line's for so-and-so, and I'll just pray that line over that person. You know, break every chain. You know, God, just you just do that in that person's life or whatever it might be. Uh, get your body involved. It always helps. You know, you may just start here, you know. I think when I first started, it was probably about like this, and you know, sometimes I make my way to this, and you know, some of you are really awesome, but I get, some of you are more extroverted and others are introverted, but just, you know, just place your hand on your heart. Uh, when your body is involved, it helps you connect with worship. Uh, so Bible reading, prayer, scripture, uh, worshiping, those are some of the traditional ways coming to church that we connect with God. Next week, we're gonna talk about some other ideas uh, like resting in God's presence and those kind of things. So uh, come back next week. I'm going to invite the worship team up, and we're going to...
finish with the song and a way we can practically engage in what we just talked about. So, Father, we pray you just seal this in our hearts today. Uh, God, whatever you're doing, whatever you're teaching us, wherever you're leading us, uh, God, we know ultimately that's to be in a closer relationship with you. So, God, help us to, to love on you, to be intentional about connecting with you. In Jesus' name.